Good morning and welcome to this special hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined here in the studios at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio by Emily Jaminette and Bill Messerly. Good morning. Hello, hello. <laughs> You're waiting so, for us, huh? <laughs> some different names, different, yes. Yeah. You know, it's the joy of the Holy Spirit that we bring to you. Today, we celebrate the Solemnity of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus on this Friday in the month of June. You would normally be hearing the Sacred Heart Hour on the first Friday of the month, but in the month of June, we're bringing to you a Sacred Heart Hour every Friday, just so that we can learn more about the Sacred Heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, learn more about His mercy and His love for all of us, and to open our minds and our hearts ever more deeply and widely so as to bring His heart into our homes and into our lives. Today, this feast, this solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus, this is kind of like the peak of the mountain where we are all called to dwell and bask in the glory of the Lord. We have prepared ourselves for this feast, this solemnity of the most sacred heart, every first Friday of the month by entering into the sacred heart hour on those first Fridays. But today, we enter into the beautiful solemnity, the Feast of the Sacred Heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. I invite you to join with us here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio as we consecrate this day to the Sacred Heart by approaching the Lord through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And so we begin, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Daily Morning Offering Prayer. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your most sacred heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, for our regular listeners at this hour, you're not used to hearing me, and you're not used. To, you're, you'd be used to hearing when you would hear me, Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Uh, but keep in mind, you know, every Friday during the month of June, this month dedicated to the Sacred Heart, we're having a special hour of the Sacred Heart uh, at this time. Today, on the Solemnity of the Most Sacred Heart, we have the great privilege and honor of um, having Emily Jaminette and Bill Messerly here during this Sacred Heart Hour, this special edition of the Sacred Heart Hour, this special <laughs> solemnity edition of the Sacred Heart Hour. Emily and Bill, um, just for the many listeners who are tuning in uh, to this special Sacred Heart Hour, um, how are you connected to the heart of Jesus? How are, you know, what, what's brought you here? Well, I think that's a great question to kick <laughs> off this hour. What's brought us here? Um, I desire like I think many of our listeners, is to receive that love, that perfect love from the most sacred heart of Jesus, that he can set my own heart on fire for for the love of God and for all of humanity. And that, you know, each and every day I can do those little acts of reparation, get through those trials and tribulations of my life with the joy of the gospel. So um, for me, the sacred heart devotion is about my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the most important um, relationship that I have in my life. So it's a, just a joy to be here to celebrate the solemnity and to pass on maybe a little bit of nuggets of wisdom and inspiration to our audience. So thank you for inviting me here. And, you know, for me, I, I, um, I believe I needed a heart transfusion, and I think that many of you and our listening audience need that heart transfusion. So 
Uh, that's why I'm here today. You know, the scripture verse from Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and place a new spirit within you, mm. taking from your bodies your stony hearts and giving you natural hearts. I will put my spirit within you and make you live by my statutes, careful to observe my decrees. But for me, that's why we have the beautiful gift from Jesus of the Sacred Heart. Yeah. He wishes our hearts to be more like his. Indeed. That's powerful. And both of you have become very instrumental in propagating the devotion of the Sacred Heart. And it's just it's just good for us to revisit the basics, you know, of how the Lord calls us by name and he pulls us into his love, making use of the talents he placed within us. You know, Emily, you are the executive director of uh, the Enthronement Network, and then Bill... Mm-hmm. you make sure that St. Gabriel Radio stays functioning. <laughs> you know? neither, of, neither of you have an easy burden in life, you know? The number of people who depend upon St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Bill, I mean, your tremendous work in making sure that the holy Catholic faith yeah. is on the airwaves. I mean, that's yeah. amazing. But in the midst of all of that, you yourself have um, this beautiful love for the heart of Jesus. You know, it's not like it's a part of your job description. It's a, it's a part yeah. of your heart, yeah. which is really beautiful. And then Emily, you know, uh, it's, I mean, you're condemned by your DNA. You've got like <laughs> three generations of, you know, sacred heart beating and throbbing and thriving, you know, but I mean, both of you have, uh, you were already faithful Catholics before this devotion really kind of took over and took off in your hearts. And both of you see the incredible benefit mm. of the sacred art, you know, whether it's in the interior workings and thriving of St. Gabriel Radio or what St. Gabriel Radio offers to all of its, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners. Um, and then, Emily, you see it in the people who call, email, reach out and contact for whether it's like something like the enthronement of the sacred heart or just sharing prayer intentions. You know, they have that confidence that for those who love the heart, there's this openness to pray for one another. Um, you know, you highlighted the words of sacred scripture, Bill, but if I may ask the two of you as we begin this special Sacred Heart Hour in celebration of the solemnity of the Sacred Heart, um, where, how would you best describe, each of you, the importance, maybe even the severity of what is before us in the heart of Jesus and why people today need it? Why should they celebrate the solemnity? You know, why go to Mass? Why bask in the glory of the Lord? Well, I think of my dad's words ring in my ears, you know, because <laughs> Jesus told us to, you know, <laughs> and as a mom of seven children, you know, there is a place in your life and in your formation that you can, you know, stand firmly on, on this devotion. You, you know, the, this devotion, you know, I like to say like is, is a spiritual stabilizer and that's an urgency. Families need the sacred heart because the sacred heart will not mislead the family. Individuals need the sacred heart because the sacred heart wants to guide and direct and lead every single individual back to his heart. So it's a, it's a beautiful devotion. It's really provided in my own family, just such spiritual stability. It's provided us the hope and the encouragement that this big, large Catholic family can continue you know, to, to take steps forward in the future and not out of fear, but out of love of God. So it's a whole different way of living. And um, I, I can't say enough, you know, even this morning I was reading um, the words of St. Margaret Mary Alico, just reading her diary and realizing, wow, you know, her letters, like what a privilege it is for us in 2021 to be able to 
proclaim this truth mm. of how much God loves humanity. Like it's it's so it's so important. So I'm very very excited that we get to be here. And I was really struck in your book Secrets of the Sacred Heart, your new book, 12 Ways to Claim Jesus's Promises in Your Life, and you can get that at welcomehisheart.com. But um I was struck by the humility of your first chapter where you admitted that at some point you came to your wits end. Mhm. And you got on your knees before the image of Jesus, the face of Jesus, and turned it all all over to him. And, and, you know, when I did that, of course, you know, I've always been practicing the church's teaching and I had these six children and, you know, on the outside, everything looked great, right? No one would know. It did look great. It did look great. You know, we've known each other for (laughs) many, many years. Yeah, we've known each other as friends and you're right. We don't always avail that, do we? mm -hmm. And I think that anyone who supports our work or has gone through the enthronement knows that moment. I, I just got a powerful email this past week about a person who read the article where I shared that same um, moment for me and word among us. And he said, I read your letter in the, your, your letter in the middle of the night, your article. And I was at that exact same point. Like, mm. and so I got on my knees and I prayed to the sacred heart and I need to get those images in my home. And it was like, wow, you know, my moment of, of, okay, Jesus, where are you in all of this? You know, cause what we realize is we can't, give what we don't have. And Jesus is the perpetual source of love and life. And, you know, he is the way. But if you don't have that direct line to go forth, you burn out, you sizzle, you you just, you can't do it. You need that constant um, renewal. And I really believe it's it's this devotion that was meant for, well, we know that from St. Gertrude, right? It was meant for end times. It was meant for when faith would be hard, we'd grow cold and lukewarm and We'd need that re- renewal. And for me, that that was personal. That was my moment. But also, it's it's every day. So I'm, I'm very encouraged to see where the Lord and would lead us. And obviously, I had no idea I'd be director of a ministry of this. I was just a mom kneeling on the, you know, kneeling in my front room saying, okay, Lord, it's, it's now your turn. You get the marriage, the family, and the future. So it was, it was very powerful. Yeah. You know, as you two were sharing and speaking, I couldn't help but think, you know, a neighborhood, people who live in a neighborhood, they would not rest until intersections had stop signs mm. because of how dangerous it would be for people living there, traveling there, driving here and there. So we, in our humanity, we need signs. We need reminders of when to pause, when to stop, when to look, when to be attentive, when to be aware. And yet, When you look at all of the busyness in a neighborhood, think about how much more busy the home is. People coming and people going, people saying, people listening, people thinking, people not being awake, you know, people being awake, people functioning, but not really being alert. You know, Uh, we all see that every morning as we all come downstairs and you're like, well, we're all moving, but I don't think any of us are actually awake. And you can hear that in like the grunts and the moans and everything else. That's just life. But the people that live in a neighborhood would rise up and petition the city to make sure we need the stop signs for our security, for our safety, for the livelihood of our children, for those people who are just trying to cross the streets. The Lord gives us the sign we need in the home so that we know how to live and how to survive. And yet, how many Christian homes are living without that sign that the Lord gives? They would rise up and protest just to get that stop sign at the intersection. But the Lord 
is making available to us this incredible sign of how to stay alive, of how to remain in peace, of how to thrive, of how to know that you are loved, you are forgiven. And that sign is the heart. That sign is the heart of Jesus. And in the heart of Jesus, we learn so very much. And it's funny, no matter where you go, when you see that stop sign, you know what you're supposed to do. Mm. Stop, you know? And yet when the Catholic Christian, the Christian, when the person in need enters into a home and they see the heart of Jesus, there's supposed to be that same familiarity, that same response. It's not a reaction. It's a response that's needed. Our homes need the sign that will guarantee that we can live and be alive and thrive. And that sign is the heart of Jesus. And when you gaze upon the heart of Jesus, you enter into the mystery of God's love. You enter into the depth of his mercy And ultimately, you enter into everything he's making available to us so that we can be at peace with him. And um, it's not something new. You know, the three of us did not make this up. That would have been nice to have a copyright on the Sacred Heart of Jesus, (laughs) you know, but none of us did. It is something that goes all the way back to the Father's love when he created. And it goes back to the Father's sharing of his love when he sends his Son. And it goes back to... You know, the Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, preaching and teaching to humanity so that we may have life and have it in abundance. It goes back to the Last Supper. It goes back to Calvary, you know. Mm. Um, We can see it in someone like uh, young John, the youngest of the 12 apostles, drawing close to Jesus at the Last Supper. He knows, he knows something uh, very heavy is about to happen, and he draws close to the Lord. You know, Peter tells John, Go ask Jesus who the betrayer is. And John draws close to Jesus and asks. And, you know, the Lord gives an answer, but John knows the answer. That's not really what I need to do right now. You know, so he draws close to Jesus. He doesn't want to let go, but he also is willing to console the Lord who is willing to experience incredible, incredible ups and downs so that we may have life and have it in abundance. And from John, and then you have all of these beautiful saints, more than we could possibly even highlight during this this hour of celebrating the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart. But there's not a single person alive today who doesn't have a saint that they can draw close to who will direct them to the heart of Jesus. It's one of those common characteristics you find in all the saints. There's always that love for the heart, the Sacred Heart of Jesus Christ. Um, who are some of the saints that come to your mind you know, Bill and Emily, uh, when you think of the heart of Jesus. Well, I told Joanne that I was going to be sure I was the encourager during the show, <laughs> but I'm going to flip to, to Chuck Wilson. You know? uh, I just want to remind our listeners that today, as a special day, the Feast of the Sacred Heart, that I want to encourage you to go online to welcomehisheart.com, welcomehisheart.com, and download a package, uh, order a package, and make a commitment, set a date, to enthrone your home to the Sacred Heart. We're, we're talking about what makes up the Sacred Heart, mm-hmm. but he has to, as Father talked about, put the stop sign in the road. Mm-hmm. And that putting of the stop sign in the road is your heart and your family, knowing that this is just, just a seed. You don't have to already be there. Just enthrone your home to the Sacred Heart and watch the promises of Christ that he gave to St. Margaret Mary Alaco come to fruition in your family. So welcomeisheart.com. But going back to your question, Emily, I'm sure you could get to that, but I just wanted to make sure that we encourage you to do that today. Don't wait. I know you've heard this uh, program for several years now. You may have heard it so many times that finally you'll say, ah, oh, 
I better do that. So I want to encourage you today to do that. Well, I think that, thank you, Bill, for reminding us of, you know, the great solemnity. And there's no greater uh, response to the solemnity than, you know, going to mass, honoring the Lord, and then welcoming him into the, your your life, your personal space as the unseen guest, the the messiness of, of what takes place at home. I love the idea of stop signs, Father. I I'm going to definitely use in that again. In the best way possible. In the best way possible. I know thinking, when we're rushing, stop signs are the last thing you want to see, but they're very important. I, I, we might need some direction, pattern directions as all seven kids are home this summer. Um, but I, they are holy reminders. And for me, you know, again, the words of St. Margaret Mary Alico just come alive when she writes. I mean, this is a woman that had two years of formal education, similar to St. Faustina. She, she wasn't coming to us as this amazing scholar. She came to us as a simple sister that had a mystical experience that forever impacted the church mm-hmm. because Jesus, you know, broke through the age of Jansenism mm-hmm. of a, a very cold time in the church. And he just was, you know, his message of love for humanity. You know, we are called to, to bring that love to others and her words, um, cannot speak enough. And really a lot of times when people talk about the 12 promises, which we have on the website, welcomeisheart.com, you know, we, we, they're, they're everywhere. These 12 promises, it's very, very important to understand that it's a summary of many, many promises, an extension of, you know, he speaks about what this devotion will do for religious communities, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not included in the 12 promises, right, Father? Right. But, but it's real. It's real when the authentic love of Christ is welcome. So I, I can't say enough about this, the original source of St. Margaret Mary Alico and, and what those words have done in my own life and how much it's impacted my, my faith. In, in Father Stosh, you would ask, what saint comes to mind? I know that you have a, a devotion to St. Gertrude the Great. You were just referencing uh, St. John uh, at the mm-hmm. Last Supper, placing his head on the, the chest of Christ. And I, I believe it's St. Gertrude that when she was given that same gift of placing her head on Christ's chest in the moment, that she looked at Christ and said, well, or, or to maybe St. John, why didn't you tell us about this? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so St. John appeared to St. Margaret Mary, uh, and sorry, St. John appeared to St. Gertrude the Great, and St. Gertrude the Great asked St. John, you wrote so much about the Lord, why did you not write about his sacred heart? And St. John's response is is powerful, but it's also kind of painful. He's like, well, I wrote what I was supposed to, it wasn't my task, but humanity was not as cold then as it is now. And that was for St. Gertrude the Great. I mean, then, like, where did it go by the time St. Margaret Mary was brought yeah, along? Another 400 years later. And where later. are we now? I mean, yeah. so, I mean, St. John was very clear. He's like, I, my task was different than the task the Lord is asking you. And I, you know, in their dialogue, there's always that beautiful kind of like, pass the buck. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> why do I have to do this? You should have done that. You know, you were there. You know, St. John's like, uh, listen here, hon, I did my homework. You do yours. <laughs> That's totally a 2021, you know, impersonation. (laughs) (laughs) But I think there's that opportunity. It's like when you look at the conversations from the New Testament and the Gospels and like the Last Supper and Calvary and the Ascension and Pentecost, and then you look at the conversation between like our Lord Jesus Christ and someone like St. Gertrude the Great, and then you look at the conversation between the Lord and St. Margaret Mary, and then maybe even the Lord and St. Faustina, you in, in all of these conversations, what do you experience? You experience 
the desire on the part of Jesus to have us for himself. He has not, you know, washed his hands clean of humanity. He has not said, y'all are crazy. I'm done. I'm going back to the Father. You're on your own. No, the Lord perseveres in coming to us. I mean, the Lord wants us for himself. And in there, there's a great consolation to us because in our darkest moments, maybe because we're overwhelmed with stress and our darkest moments because we feel lost as a result of sin, there's always that temptation to think that we've been forgotten, we're unworthy, we're alone, yeah. we, um, we're worthless. And yet the Lord does not give up. He's like, no, you are the one I behold. You are the one I want. You are the one I love. But we have to you know, open the door to our heart so that he comes in and enters. And in any of the conversations, in all of the conversations our Lord has with humanity, you know, humanity as it's been chosen by a particular saint or a mystic, a sacred scripture, you know, through the Blessed Virgin Mary, there's always that manifestation of love. You know, so to our listeners who are joining us on this Solemnity of the Most Sacred Heart, we're inviting you into that conversation between our Lord and humanity. And for that conversation to become personalized for you, we invite you to bring the Sacred Heart of Jesus into your life, into your home. If the Sacred Heart of Jesus is already in your life, in your home, go deeper, mm. go bigger. You know, cultivate it by visiting the Lord Jesus Christ frequently in your mind and in your heart by turning over those heavy burdens that you have to carry, by turning over those wounds and afflictions that you have to endure, by turning over those hopes and dreams you have for the future, by turning over the love you have for your family, by turning over anything and everything in your heart, by turning that over to the Lord so that the Lord is truly the king, the brother, and the friend. And in his presence, you'll find life. And in that life, you'll find peace. That's really powerful. I was looking at one of my favorite quotes from St. Margaret Mary Alico. May the peace of the adorable heart of Christ ever fill our hearts so that nothing may be able to dis- um, disturb our serenity. Mm. So I, I was really thinking about that's the essence of what we're talking about. Peace in the heart, peace in the home, peace in our parish and our yeah. community. And it just sheds light on what that looks like for us as Christians. And, you know, one of the things when you're talking, Father, I kept thinking like never before have people suffered in their heart so yeah, much. So much. Because sin expands the heart and in a way that God didn't intend us to suffer. That was not his his will. He redeems us. But the pains, the wounds from that those yeah. previous sins, you know, we need we need his love to fill our burden and our brokenness. And I can't think of a better way, a better path to healing and moving forward. Reconciliation. I know that in the enthronement process, you know, we include that really an opportunity for families to say, you know, those present, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. And and really think about what are the things that maybe I brought to this relationship? What are the burdens? What are the the pains that, that there needs to be a healing because the Lord ultimately is the perfect healer, and and that's that's where restoration will come come about, not the externals, but definitely, it's it's all about the heart. I was watching on TV an infomercial for a few minutes, and uh, after I was watching it for a few minutes, I thought, well, just tell me how much it costs and how to do this. <laughs> yeah. um, and I feel like that we're there already in the Sacred Heart Hour this 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 week on the Feast of the Sacred Heart. How do you enthrone your home to the Sacred Heart? 
Well, I think I love it, Father. One of my favorite things, Father, you you, you said that I, I quote you often on. The first step, you said, the first step is stop using the Lord's name in vain. Do you remember that, Father? <laughs> and I, I thought that I was, say way too much. I don't remember anything. I, it was great. <laughs> but that does sound like something I would say. Because the thing is, we have to make a choice, right? As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. The yeah. first step is that step of, of putting the, you know, putting the line in the sand. But but then the next step is formulating a plan with someone proclaiming, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Indeed. If it is not the husband, the you know, the head of the house, you know, it is the next in line or the next in line. But somebody has got to to say those words. And it's my true. my favorite thing is is that Father Mateo really mapped out there's three parts to the enthronement the preparation, the enthronement and then the living out the covenant of love. And we can't really skip on any of those. Mm. You know, maybe the preparation is an emergency, right? Emergencies, heart surgery, we got to do this today. But the truth is, you know, it's it. there needs to be a heartfelt experience so that those graces can penetrate and, mm. and really work within the home. So um, we could not do it any easier at welcomeisheart.com. But I have to remind our audience that this is not a sacrament, right, Father? This is a devotion. True. <laughs> so the format is not, you know, if uh, I once heard about a priest that, you know, didn't have a valid baptism. So then they realized the impact it had on his priesthood. That is not the case with enthronement. Enthronement is all about intention. It's all about placing an image in the home with the desire to honor the image because the image represents our Lord creating a covenant of love and desiring to live that out each and every day. So hopefully that is in lay person's terms, mm-hmm. not exactly the form, but I thought the big picture yeah, sometimes helps us totally. understand. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I want to kind of put some numbers to this. Um, what you do is you go to welcomeisheart.com, you order a package, and the package could be just a booklet. Or it could be a booklet and the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart images. Uh, you may already have your own images, uh, Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart, from a relative or from uh, some other means. Um, we encourage you to have those blessed by a priest, uh, and uh, and then you just follow the booklet. The booklet is not like a traditional Catholic booklet that has single space, you know, fifty, sixty pages. This is all very simple. You choose a Sunday. Once you choose that Sunday, you back it off uh, three days from there. And you pray as a family for 15 minutes starting on Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then on Sunday, you go to Mass. And then after Mass, you have another 15 minutes where you pray the prayers together, the enthronement of the Sacred Heart in your home. Uh, So it is a a simple, practical process, but this is a seismic spiritual process, isn't it? Yeah, and I think one of the things is— we give you incredible, we encourage you to make use of um, the image of the Sacred Heart that really speaks to you and your, your home. But we do ask that you make sure that you abide by the revelation that the Lord gives, the manifestation of his heart that he has revealed. So you want an image of the Lord Jesus Christ where his heart is visible, where there are flames, there's the cross, there's the crown of thorns, and a pierced heart. And, you know, I always encourage female, it's like, Find that image of the heart of Jesus that really speaks to you. And we all know what it's like. You know, we all, there's some pictures that are like, this is gorgeous. And you're like, (laughs) and 
I'm regifting that. <laughs> you know, I have a wedding coming up. Guess what they're going to get? <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, but it's like, there's that image. And I think there's a beautiful reminder of our own humanity in that, the difference in our personality, of our homes. But you want to make sure that you have the heart as the Lord reveals it to humanity. And there's, mm. like we might say, there's certain elements that really are powerful in how we are touched by Jesus. And the one is the flames, the flames that engulf the heart, but don't, they don't consume the heart, but they engulf it. You know, it reminds us that God's love will not obliterate us. It'll sustain us. It'll purify us. The cross, the cross is the throne that we offer the Lord when he deserves something far much better. But he takes that symbol and he flips it and makes it a sign of our redemption. The cross comes forth from the top of the heart. The crown of thorns, you know, and then, of course, the pierced heart, that wound. All of these different symbols, these statements are powerful in reminding us of how the Lord seeks to dwell in our homes. And it's just a powerful reminder of his mercy. You know, so when you, um, if you make use of our invitation or encouragement and you receive that packet, you'll receive that image of the sacred heart that we make available. Use it. Place it someplace in the home. Um, but don't feel that you can't find another image if there's one that is maybe you inherited from an older person in the family, or maybe it's an image that a child brought home uh, from a place. And there's just a special significance there, but you want to make sure that the language that is communicated is the language that the Lord spoke. And in that language, you'll find his mercy and love, but there's kind of certain elements there that are there meant to sustain us. And then like um, Bill and Emily have said, you know, everything is very easily laid out. And that's a consolation because sometimes when you feel the Lord is calling you to take a step in your life, you're like, but but I'm not sure how to get to that step. I don't, you know, is it going to be overwhelming? Is it going to be exhausting, stressful, anxiety there? No, this is very, very approachable. I mean, the Lord comes to us first as an infant to be held. Then he's a boy to be watched. Then he's a young man who desires to accompany. Then he's the man who desires to save and to feed. I mean, it is so easy how the Lord comes to us. He comes to us in our humanity, and he makes his heart just totally approachable, absolutely approachable. No barriers, no hindrances. He just renders his heart completely available for us and for our homes. So please, you know, follow the invitation, heed the words of the encouragement of going to welcome his heart, and uh, just learn more about the Sacred Heart. Learn more about the image of the Sacred Heart. Bring that image into your home. And uh, just really bask in the glory of the Lord that he's making available to all of humanity right here, right today, as we celebrate the solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus. As we bring to a close this first segment on this special uh, sacred heart hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio in celebration of the solemnity of the most sacred heart, we invite you to join us in prayer as we bring to a close this first segment. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet we renew the consecration of ourselves to thy divine heart. Be thou our king forever. In thee we have full and entire confidence. May thy spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless our undertakings. Share in our joys, in our trials, and in our labors. Grant us to know thee better, to love thee more, and to serve thee without faltering. Amen. Amen. God might not always like to bless us with health, wealth, and prosperity, but one thing he seems to enjoy lavishing on us is opportunities for trust. He's always been that way with the people he loves. He brings us into impossible situations so he can show us that he is the Savior. He did that with Moses. 
I know an army's behind you, Moses. I know there's a sea in front of you. Just keep running toward it. I'm going to do something really cool. <laughs> Are you in an impossible situation right now? Is your marriage overwhelming? Finances on rocky ground? Boss being a jerk? Friends failing you? You know, when you're at the end of your rope, you're at the beginning of God's rope. Handle your problems with prayer. We have a God who acts when we ask. And when we turn to Him with trust, we'll find that the greatest blessing He gives us in our trials is a soul that walks through life with a peace that surpasses understanding. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Christopher Minutes. Thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. In 1992, a man who thought of himself as a loser got a gift he didn't want, news that he was going to be a father. As the man told the website Humans of New York, it couldn't have come at a worse time. He was an addict who had just finished seven years in jail for robbery, so he felt he wasn't ready for a child. But love for the daughter he never expected changed his life. He decided to raise the girl to be good and kind and respectful to everyone. And as a result, he became good and kind and respectful himself. His daughter went on to become a law student at NYU, and when asked to write an essay for her SAT, she called it, My Father, My Hero. This message was brought to you by the Christophers. Thanks for listening, and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Welcome back to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is the Sacred Heart Hour, a special segment of the Sacred Heart Hour as we celebrate the solemnity today of the most sacred heart of Jesus. We're coming to you from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio studios. And today, in the Sacred Heart Hour, in celebration of the solemnity, this is Father Stosh Daly, joined by Emily Jaminet and Bill Messerly. Good to have, have you back. This is exciting. You know, in the month of June, there's every day, every moment is an opportunity to fall deeper and deeper in love with the Lord's sacred heart, the mercy and grace that pour forth from his sacred heart. So we're doing a special uh, additional segments, I should say, at the Sacred Heart Hour on today and each of the Fridays during this month of June. As we enter into this second segment of this special Sacred Heart Hour in celebration of the solemnity of the most sacred heart, we invite you, our listeners, to unite with us in prayer as we consecrate ourselves, dedicate ourselves to the heart of Jesus. And so we begin, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you, Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessings in all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, Bill and Emily, um, as a priest of Jesus now for 13 years, um, I still... If I have to lead prayer in public, I want it written in front of me. <laughs> Here we are on the radio. It's like, I've said this Sacred Heart Prayer probably like thousands and thousands of times. It's like, 
I'm leading this on a radio. I need it in front of me. Holy card. <laughs> Holy yeah. card right now. Um, it's just, you know, you just want to make sure those words are said in the right order. But I always have to just take it as a beautiful sign or a reminder of my, um, my humanity, the humility of my humanity. I just want to know where the road is. I'm not off-roading it, <laughs> especially if people are following me. Um, but, you know, today we're celebrating the great solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus and the life of the church. But the sacred heart of our Lord, it's kind of like uh, we highlight, we go back and forth in our conversation during the Sacred Heart Hour, these different manifestations of the Sacred Heart. But if we could just share with our listeners right now how the reality of the Sacred Heart began in heaven with the Father's love, creating and redeeming, sanctifying. The devotion to the Sacred Heart begins in sacred scripture. The enthronement of the Sacred Heart, that begins as a response to the plight of the family, especially the Christian family. We've got these three different phases of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, you might say, three different phases of our our growth and knowledge, maybe. You know, when we draw close to Jesus in a Sacred Heart, we're drawing close to a heavenly reality. When we draw close to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, we're doing it through a scriptural devotion to God in the flesh. It begins in sacred scripture, that manifestation of how to respond to his love, clinging to Jesus, drawing close to his chest, his heart. The enthronement of the sacred heart, that is something that is, we might say, uniquely of the modern era. The Holy Spirit, ever guiding and ever prompting us, brings about this idea of taking the scriptural devotion to the heart of Jesus and enhancing it for us in our own modern age through what we call the enthronement. Um. The devotion, of course, uh, you know, is rooted in God in the flesh, the Word, in sacred scripture. We live the words of the gospel, the words of everlasting life. But, you know, Bill and Emily, the enthronement, relatively new, especially when we look at the perspective of a heavenly reality, a scriptural devotion, the enthronement. But if we could just keep in mind, the Holy Spirit brought about this practice of enthroning one's home, enthroning the sacred heart in one's home. The Holy Spirit brought that about because of the plight of the domestic church, you know, the suffering of the family. Um, You know, the three of us know very well the reality of the Sacred Heart, the devotion of the Sacred Heart, the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. But, I mean, what what do you carry within your heart when you think of how the home, the family, the individual today needs the heart of Jesus, needs to respond to that, that gift of the Holy Spirit to enthrone the Sacred Heart? Well, I think back to Father Mateo's mission, this this amazing priest who was really called to um, promote enthronement. He, he, you know, he received enthronement through prayer, this idea that what if, right? Yeah. We all had those ideas, you know, exactly. but his came before the Blessed Sacrament so true. in Perrier, you know, like, wow, what if families all placed the image of the Sacred Heart and actually lived out those 12th yep. promise, the promises given to St. Mar- Margaret Mary Alico to expose and honor his heart and you shall be blessed. So it was this, re- this, it began with a, with a revelation, but yet it manifests itself so quickly internationally. You can read Father Mateo's work about where he traveled, you know, all around the globe, you know, with this passion and this understanding that families were under attack. And I always chuckle when I read his writings and it's like, urgent, the family is under attack. Modernism, you know, is taking place, secularism. And I'm thinking, 1907, what is he talking about? Like, (laughs) you know, but but his words are are ever, you know, relative. We can relate to everything he writes. And for me, um, I can say that the enthronement 
is not an end point. It's a new beginning. Yeah. If you do not believe that the, that you have a new beginning, you, you can't have the hope for change. You know, it's like, it's not a check. I did it. It's wow. Okay. Lord partner with me, reveal what I need to know and burn off that sin out of my heart and out of the home. And, um, his, his testimony is so powerful. And yet uh, it's, it's just as powerful now more than ever, because as, as father mentioned earlier, you know, the family has never been so under attack. I mean, just not even just with divorce, but just our distraction and mm. and what is calling our attention every second of the day. Mm. Yeah, and what's entered our family are smartphones and computers and uh, media. So we, we no longer have the mind and heart of our own children and our own relationships. So I think you're right. There couldn't be a better time. So just timeline-wise for those who are keeping track, the the devotion of the Sacred Heart of Jesus was the earliest of devotions. It was the devotion to the incarnation of Jesus Christ, his face, uh, his hands, uh, that his heart was willing to be pierced for love of us. And that started at the very early ages. And then in the 1200s, St. Gertrude the Great um, had visions of St. John, uh, who placed his head on the chest of Jesus uh, and spoke about Jesus' heart, his throbbing heart of love for us. And then 1600, St. Margaret Mary Alaco, uh, such a pure heart, very little education, but she could receive the word of God. Jesus spoke to her and said, for this time, I want you to expose and honor this image of the sacred heart with the marks of uh, the pierced heart, the crown of thorns around the heart signifying the sins uh, that uh, hurt his heart, uh, the flame that was described as as bright as the sun and as translucent as crystal, mm. and then the cross that was there from the very beginning. And then Father Matteo in the 1900s, so another 300 years, he tried to, he did for 40 years, bring to everybody a practical way to honor Jesus Christ's promise to St. Margaret Mary, and that is to expose and honor within our homes, be that a single home or home with all the children or, or maybe even a broken home, but to bring his love and his heart into your home. And there's a process to follow that that uh, Father Matteo started in the 1900s, and it's been accentuated now through Emily Jaminette and the work of WelcomeHisHeart.com to simplify the process of three days of preparation, mass together, and then enthroning your home, placing Christ as the king, brother, and friend of your home, and then to reap the promises that he's given to St. Margaret Mary Alaco. So that's kind of a lineal way of describing where we're at with uh, the Sacred Heart. It's a relatively new solemnity feast, yeah. uh, but it's a feast centered so exclusively on the love of Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? And yeah. this is for every single Catholic family and really even Christian family. Father Matteo had such, he was such a visionary. He really understood that families need to have a faith experience in the home, yep. not just in the church, right, Father? You know, you, yeah. you see us when we're all pretty and we got our nice Sunday vests <laughs> on and our kids are quiet. I don't but, know if he's always seen us that Well, <laughs> you know, the, the, the Sunday morning experience is different than for Catholic families, yeah. you know, the, uh, the, the day-to-day. So uh, one of the most important things is that we cannot stress this enough that this is accessible to you. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it, even if you do have a broken home, we're not talking about annulments. We're talking about... Bring Jesus now yeah. into your home. And and what's most important is that you have the intention to live out your faith. Yeah. Right, Father? Well, yeah, I always laugh because, you know, people, they, they want to give that image 
to the priest. They're like, and I was just like, I don't have time for flower pot people. Okay, I know y'all started as seeds. I see cut flowers. I see weeds. You know, I see you know, leaves growing that shouldn't be growing, and I see petals missing that should be there. And, you know, and they're like, well, we're all buds. It's like, uh huh, right, yeah. yeah, and you know, or spent flowers. You know, <laughs> so I mean, it's just so funny. Like, I, and you think about it, even like. In my own vocation as a priest, you know, people are like, now, how did you begin? I was like, uh, well, I was born, mm-hmm. you know, and they all think like a priestly vocation is like a seed that was dropped in a flower pot. God watered it. And then I just sprouted. It's like, I came from the family. <laughs> I came from the home, you know, I know what it's like to fight with my siblings. And I know what it's like to have to ask, I'm, you know, say, I'm sorry and see forgiveness. I know what it's like to have to, you know, uh, be there in those good moments and bad, um, you know, you're all driving on a family vacation and it ends up in being like internal warfare. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's life, but we're not, we're not that temptation that so many of us easily fall into of the, like the flower pot people where everything is just perfectly beautiful, has its handed to us. And it's like, right now, give me the real humanity. Mm-hmm. And it is the Lord. But you know, the thing is, when we think about someone like Father Matteo, the average person listening to, to us right now probably has never heard of Father mm-hmm. Matteo, but they might have heard of someone like um, Fulton Sheen, mm-hmm. or they might remember Father uh, Peyton, you know, and his, fam- his famous line, the family that prays together stays together. Well, if you could just think that Father Matteo is in that kind of peer category, he might not be as well known in our country, in our area, as, you know, maybe uh, Fulton Sheen or Patrick Peyton, um, but his effect was the same to bring the family back to prayer because they all understood. And that's what I I just love how the Lord sends the Holy Spirit to raise up people in different parts of the world, but usually at the same time. And they're all filled with the same message, that same mission of bringing people back to Jesus. And that was Father Matteo. But Father Patrick, uh, Father Peyton was really known for the rosary, the family rosary, the family hour with the rosary. Well, what's the rosary? It's meditating upon the life of Jesus. Uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen was known for always explaining the mysteries of the Catholic faith so that people could know the Lord and then love the Lord and then serve the Lord. And then Father Matteo, he understood that in the in the actual a manifestation of the heart of Jesus, people will find a refuge. So if you think about that, it's like knowledge, love, and service of the Lord, meditating upon the life of Jesus through the rosary, living in the heart of Christ. Through these three great, great missionaries um, who are all peers, you know, we find the Lord is speaking to humanity right now um, to basically open the door, open the door to his love and it's just a powerful reminder yet again that the Lord does not abandon us. He does not leave us. He does not set us apart and never check in on us. The Lord wants us for himself. And it's really, I, I hope we all get to see the day when there's a cause for canonization for like Father Matteo. I mean, there's a cause for Father Peyton. There's a cause of canonization for uh, Fulton Sheen. And But when you look at the zeal that Father Matteo had for the Christian household. He wanted everyone to repeat the words of Joshua, but he understood there's only way, one way you can repeat those words of Joshua. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. He understood the Lord has to be in the home in order to be served. Mm-hmm. If we leave him at the church, we will surely get lost before we make our way back. But if we have him in the home, we will never get lost. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, for my family, busy family, seven kids, 21 to five, you know, 
if we don't have them in the home, we can get disjointed, right? It's it's our greatest witness is not what the Jaminette family looks like at mass or in public. It's really where are we in all of these different aspects of our life, you know, and what needs to be burned off. And I find oftentimes with my own witness and other people, the Sacred Heart has revealed aspects of my personality. You know what? I'm a little bitey in the morning. I'm a little intense. I want to have his love at every aspect of the day. Or at the end, if I'm tired, you know, maybe I, maybe the Lord convicts me, Emily, just please finish the day in prayer. You know, there's an integration. There's a unity that only faith can do that's authentic. It's not just Pinterest perfect, like Father was saying, you know, flower pot people. But this is really important to our our family. And oftentimes there, there are others of us listening. They're like, well, I'm so at the bottom, right? Like, I don't know where to even begin with our struggles, our family struggles. The, you know, we have people that don't talk to each other. We have, it, it this is always the right step. Like Mm -hmm. there's no family that this is not the right step. And even if, you know, someone uh, once told me, you know, I just went through the enthronement and he was a, he's like, I'm, I am very close to dying, but I just went through the enthronement because I wanted to remember all the people of my family. I wanted to do this for generations. Like it was the most touching and beautiful email. It was like, I am, you know, I am in the nursing home and I'm doing the enthronement on behalf of my family. Because um, that's something even St. Margaret Mary Alico talks about, the impact this has on our relatives. We we know that peace in the home and blessings of family uh, comes, it, it's, it's a tremendous gift. And yeah. we don't know how that works, right, Father? But we do know um, others are impacted by our sanctification. That's so true. You can enthrone your home by going to welcomehisheart.com. You know, we're talking a, a little bit about the Sacred Heart Enthronement in your home. It's a very practical guide that you can get at uh, welcomehisheart.com. When you were speaking, Emily and Father Stosh, uh, here's scripture, the Psalm 84. Happy are those whose strength are in the Lord. Their hearts, their hearts are set upon the pilgrimage. Their hearts are set upon the pilgrimage. How does that relate to the Sacred Heart Enthronement? I think, you know, the Lord's sacred heart becomes the light that illuminates the path that we're called to walk through life. I mean, the thing is, like, nothing about the Lord Jesus Christ, nothing about his sacred heart, nothing about the Catholic faith makes any sense unless you admit you are made for something more than what you have right now. The Lord made you for more. He made us for heaven. He made us for himself. When you acknowledge that, then everything starts to kind of fall into place. And when you acknowledge, okay, I was made for heaven. I'm not there yet. That means I'm on my way, hopefully. (laughs) I'm moving. I'm living life. I'm, I'm on the journey. Well, when you're on this journey, it's not just a trip. It's supposed to be a pilgrimage. I'm going someplace special. I'm going to heaven. I'm, I'm on my way to heaven. The heart of Jesus becomes the torch that burning furnace of charity that illuminates the path that we're called to walk so that we live in union with the Father by walking with the Son, by walking with the Son, the Son who gives us his heart. And I I think, you know, when you just kind of keep that in mind, uh, the heart uh, is what we need. The heart of Jesus is what we need for the pilgrimage that is life, knowing that heaven is our destination and we have all of these points of layover and stop and rest, like a church where we pray the Mass, our home where we might you know, enjoy the company of our loved ones. But we're on that journey. We're on that journey. We're on that pilgrimage to heaven. And the Lord gives us the strength 
food for the journey in the Holy Eucharist. He gives us the light to know the next step through his sacred heart. He gives us the mercy to help us stand up and walk again when in our sins we've tripped and fallen. I mean, the Lord gives us everything we need to continue along the path towards him, towards our home in heaven. You know, one of the things I've really been privileged to hear is what the enthronement has done for individuals. You know, what is it actually, what is the fruit of this of this beautiful Christian ceremony? And I think of two stories briefly. One, I received a phone call. I was driving down the road and this woman called and she said, she called me actually from a hospital free phone call line. And she, she didn't have a phone herself. And she said, oh. I read this article you wrote in the Catholic Digest and I just want to tell you that after reading it, I went over to the image of the Sacred Heart on our wall. Um, she was an elderly woman. She said, I flipped it over and it had a date on it from when my parents did the enthronement. And it was the exact same day of the year. It was back in June, you know, oh, wow. that when she flipped it over. And she said, I never realized that that was probably the enthronement of my family. Mm. And that this is a generational gift. This yeah. is something that... You, I, I think back to my own enthronement, you know, back when my parents did the enthronement in the 90s. It was like, okay, kids, we're giving everything to Jesus. We've had it with you for. <laughs> <laughs> and they probably thought you were off your rocker. Yeah, you yeah. know, and we, yeah. we were like, all right, I guess, are we going to eat dinner after this? Okay, you know. But there's no firecracker experience. But mm. but it was the to be able to give somebody else the wheel to your family, to and not just somebody, but to give Jesus the opportunity to be able to lead and guide and direct your family and create a covenant love. Like who doesn't want that? That takes all the pressure off so much, so many of our relationships and interdynamics. And then I think about my own enthronement with my family, you know, at the time it was like, Oh, I, I think we're good. You know, my mom and dad have said, you want to enthronement? I'm like, I think we're good. Everything's fine. Like, but, but we didn't need a tragedy to go do the enthronement. The point yeah. was, you know, those graces, I look back and can see, there's always an aspect of your life that, as as Father Stash mentioned, illuminate. There was parts of my life that maybe I was a little overwhelmed. I I needed that flashlight into yeah. every corner of my house, and I started to be able to see things that I needed to see, respond the way I needed to respond, and even be convicted that Jesus, you know, is here totally. all the time. Yeah, and so it built this whole new level of accountability to the point where my one son's like. How do you keep catching me, Mom? Like, <laughs> and and I have a pack with the covenant of Jesus because he knows I love to go to bed early. I go to bed early, and um, but I always tell the children, wait, because I shall wake up in the middle of the night. Because I always say, if Jesus wakes me up, I'm going. I'm going to go check on each one of you. But it was it was a cute story and a reminder that I'm not meant to be alone. And neither neither are you. Wherever your state in life is, you know, seek these graces and make them first step of enthronement. You're listening to a special presentation of the Sacred Heart Hour on this Feast of the Sacred Heart. Um, and Emily, as you were talking, I, I just want to say one thing about enthronement and repeat after me. To enthrone your home, to does, enthrone not, your home. Do, does not yeah, <laughs> do, does not mean that I've already arrived. Yes. I'm just starting on the pilgrimage. It doesn't mean that That's I've already true. arrived. That's very I'm true. just starting on the pilgrimage. So just decide, and, and I'm glad that you... <laughs> <laughs> you were doing that, Father Stosh. I was trying to obey. No, I, I was. But, but if you drive, as you're driving, repeat after me. You don't have to have arrived already. And I think that's the biggest objection mm -hmm. I hear. I, and I hear actually from my own kids. They say the same thing. I, I'm good. Dad, Dad, I'm good. I promise you, I'm good. Well, that's true. That, that's so true. not true. 
Yeah. We are nothing unless we're rooted in our Lord. And until we come to that realization, and sometimes it's just repetition, and I love how you were mentioning that you know, your mom and dad would ask you from time to time, you know, would you like to enthrone your home? Would you like to enthrone your home? Mm-hmm. Remember that, that we need to remind others multiple times, and it's not uh, a testament that is not being heard but most people need to hear it multiple times, so don't lose faith. And you can always mail an enthronement packet. You know, yeah. there's a, a a friend of mine who said it's been sitting on her desk for two years, and she said, "Guess what? We're doing the enthronement on the feast of the Sacred Heart." You know, mm. and and so it was just like a great reminder. But these materials can be sent to other people. Father Matteo had a real love for young married couples. Yes, he understood how important it was to root their marriage in. The, the love of Christ, the perfect love of Christ, because we know our society has um, has drifted away from from mm-hmm. this beautiful love of Jesus and what he wants to give each one of us. So the devotion, the enthronement is an opportunity to, you know, reveal the areas you need to grow and then to receive the grace to be healed. We're talking about enthronement and bringing the face of Jesus and his loving heart into your home. Just one one last thought for you, Father Stosh. Father Matteo, in the early 1900s, when he um, formalized this process of enthroning your home to the Sacred Heart, he was quoted as saying, I seek to give my whole life to imploring family to not leave Jesus standing on their doorstep. Yeah. It gives you a very, um, a very real image of uh, how easy it is to bring the heart of Jesus into your home. If you are baptized, if you believe in the Lord, if you are a disciple, he's at the door already. But he will not force his way in. He will wait for you to open the door and invite him in. And you know, you think of how a priest who traveled all over the world begging families to open themselves up to the mercy and the healing that was so easily and readily available to them— uh, when you, you have that imagery that the Lord is standing at the door, just invite him in, you know, and and I think what we're doing today and we're asking and inviting and encouraging you to do is bring the solemnity of the sacred heart of Jesus that we celebrate today as the, as Catholics, bring that solemnity into your home so that the solemnity will be lived every day. Every day when you gaze upon the heart of Jesus in your home, you'll be reliving, celebrating, and carrying on the great festivities of today's solemnity in the life of the church. And... You might not remember the name Father Matteo. You might not be able to pronounce the name Father Stash. <laughs> you might not, <laughs> and most people don't. You know, <laughs> so you might remember vaguely Fulton Sheen, or you might think of the great saints, you know, Margaret Mary or Gertrude or Saint John. You, or you might love Our Lady, but the the fact of the matter is, as the Church, as the people of God, the heart of Christ is at the center of all of who we are, and He doesn't want to be left at the Church. He doesn't want to be left at the doorstep. He doesn't want to be left at the front door. He wants to be in our homes and in our hearts. And um, as we bring to a close this uh, this special segment, this special hour, we just invite you to join us as we commend ourselves to the mercy of God, the glory of the Lord, and the reality of the heart of Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all the benefits you have granted to us through the merciful love of your sacred heart. We are truly grateful for your gift of life. We thank you for the gift of faith received in baptism when we were made children of your divine Father and heirs to heaven and received your own divine life in our souls. We also thank you for the gift of the holy priesthood and all the other sacraments which increase your life in us and for the gift of your blessed Virgin Mother, whom you have given to us as our Mother and Queen. 
Above all, good Jesus, we are grateful for the gift of your loving heart, the gift of yourself in the crib at Bethlehem, on the cross at Calvary, and in the Holy Eucharist in our church, and in the sacred heart that we have in our homes.